Welcome to Learning to Live, where I talk about what I'm currently learning. Come join me in learning how to live a quality life. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. I'm not a medical doctor, and this information is not intended to be taken as medical advice. And in this episode, I may talk about mature topics. Keep that in mind if you have little ears around. Hey everyone, welcome back. So today's topic is going to be about Lyme disease. This topic, I'm going to cover more about my story, me and my husband's story, in another episode. But this is just kind of a something to start with, I guess. So, I'm going to start with what is Lyme disease. So it is an infection um, that is often known to come from a tick, but is not limited to them. It can also be transmitted through like fleas, bed bugs, mosquitoes, flies. Really, it is possible for any bug that could transmit it, like when that bites. Um, often like mice have them, it's very common, and I think they say birds, but I'm not quite sure. But yeah, um, so yeah, it is well possible to receive it through animals apparently. Um, it has been debated, but there are people who have researched it and claim it can even be transmitted through urine or any bodily fluid. So I'll use the tick as an example as it feels like it is the most common way to receive this and it is more known like people, that is how people usually talk about it. So when a tick bites a human or animal, it puts a liquid in, apparently, this is what um, I heard, kind of like, so this is my understanding of it. Often it can put like a liquid in there to temporarily suppress the immune system, which then allows the the tick to transmit infections to the host um, and like to take blood and then the immune system doesn't fight it there and create like a clot or whatever. That's kind of what I understood. Um, I forget what the actual like technical name of Lyme disease is. And I will get that for the next episode. But it is a bacterial infection that is known as Lyme disease because of where it was first discovered and diagnosed. So it was like, a, I believe like a place that was literally called, I think, Lyme. Um, there was like, I think there was children that were getting arthritis, but I'm not 100% sure on each detail. Um, so the tick doesn't usually just carry like Borrelia. Um, there are co-infections, which are infections that cohabitate in the tick that cause even more symptoms which can cause difficulty with diagnosing. So I don't believe that most testing is accurate and I say that with some um, so I have found that actually the guy who created the testing in Canada and I believe in the States, it is only 50, per, he says it's only 50% accurate. So it's not very accurate to get tested for Lyme disease. I got tested out here uh, I, in North America and I got a negative and then I got my blood test sent to, or my blood sent to um, Germany and it came back positive for a few infections like Lyme disease and a bunch of co-infections as well. 
So yeah, they said in North America, it's like flipping a coin. And it's crazy because they say it's so accurate. But that is what the guy said who created it. It's like 50% accurate. So with that, we decided to go to get our blood test sent to Germany and get tested because we've heard a lot of good, um, I guess, results from that, like um, actual real, like actual good quality testing. I'm not sure how good their testing is, but it's way better at um, getting accurate results. Lyme disease can mimic a lot of health problems. I've heard a lot of people who have MS or fibromyalgia or arthritis, meningitis, chronic fatigue, ALS, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and a bunch more, like seriously a lot more. I think it can even like mimic like food poisoning. Um, and depression, because it affects so much, so many parts of the body, it can, it can cause a lot of things. So if you suspect you have it, you should, um, not only like should you get tested, but you should find a place that has accurate testing or more accurate testing, and really look into that because it can be really hard to, to get a diagnosis. So not everyone has a bullseye or eye rash when they get a tick bite or get Lyme disease. A lot of people I know who had Lyme disease did not get that. They don't remember that. And I don't remember that. And um, many times people have like undiagnosed Lyme disease and they've been living with it most of their life. And trauma can wake it up. So like heard of many people who've gone through an accident and then they've had weird symptoms after like they couldn't walk or um, like yeah, they were in a wheelchair or something like that um, or they got like severe headaches all the time and found out it was Lyme disease after that because it was kind of dormant and it woke up or it can be that it's slowly progressing and then something kind of triggers it and gets worse like so often in the first little bit when you get Lyme, they say that you'll get flu-like symptoms. Some people can say say that it even like mimics strep. I believe I heard that. Um, so like chills, fever, sore throat, achiness, and swollen lymph nodes. Um, after those symptoms go away, they usually get like uh, muscle and joint pain, which could be like severe or temporary um, and kind of go in different areas. And like shooting, burning, and prickling sensations or numbness. And, and neurological problems. Um, like facial paralysis, even cognitive, cognitive problems like short-term memory loss because of the inflammation in the brain. So Lyme disease causes a lot of inflammation in the body 
Um, it can also cause like panic, anxiety, or depression. I think it was Babesia that causes anxiety most of the time and affects the heart. I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah, depression. So one thing I thought with Babesia, it causes anxiety and I thought it can decrease the blood cell count. I feel like I heard that. So Lyme disease is different with each person, um, especially because everyone's going to have different co-infections. I believe most people who have Lyme disease have co-infections with it. So often with what I believe um, the research was, I'm not sure where I found it. So I've done research like many years ago, so it's hard to remember all of this stuff, where I got it all from. But... Um, But the tick um, passes, I believe, its infections onto its babies and then it keeps going. So a lot of them are very infected, from my understanding. So it can cause fatigue, um, shortness of breath, or like chest pain, heart palpitations, coughing, and like um, fevers, chills, or sweating. Um, so like bladder inflammation, cardiac irregularity, could be like vision problems, so like double vision or, or pain in the eyes or even floaters, um, even, um, problems with bright lights, um, hair loss. So it could be like a rash as well, but not always. You can have different types of rashes even after. Like I had like weird speckledy rashes just in a little circle. Not like a circle, but like in a locate like a smaller located area. It wasn't all over my body. Some people have problems with their throat. Um they can have a sore throat or like hard time swallowing. Um and even like swelling around the eyes, weight loss or gain, that's not able to be explained, buzzing, ringing, or ear pain, difficulty eating, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea or constipation, tremors, um, eyelid and facial twitching. So some people would call that like, um, like the, I forget what it's called. <laughs> Um, joint pain and swelling, abnormal cramping and pain, irritable bladder or bladder dysfunction, pelvic pain, neck creaks, cracks, or like even stiffness or like a, a sore neck, um, and even like in general joint pain or back pain and stiffness, muscle pain or cramps, um, insomnia, uh, jaw pain like TMJ, headaches, tingling or numbness, poor balance, difficulty walking, seizures, um, like stabbing pains, dizziness, even personality or mood changes or swings, like irritability or depression, confusion, anxiety. So like getting lost easily is one thing that can happen to some people. Um, one thing that me and my husband noticed, um, when we had it 
was when we were in a store, we would forget our list of groceries and we would stand in one spot for a while just staring there and it's like, what are we doing here? And we were kind of really out of it. And it's really weird to not experience that now, but that was our normal and yeah. Even going, like rechecking if you locked doors or like just little things like that, like, um, oh, did I lock the door and like going to go check and like checking 10 times, even though you know it's locked, but you just like keep thinking you need to check. And it's that kind of weird feeling, um, anxiety. So like unexplained anxiety that you constantly have. Um, some people have this crazy feeling in their mind. It's hard to explain, but it's like a chaos feeling in the mind. Um, difficulty concentrating or reading. And some people aren't able to read because it hurts their eyes. Um, and menstrual irregularities. Trouble speaking. So even just messing up on words a lot. I used to do this a lot more. And it was very frustrating. I wouldn't be able to get through one sentence without messing up. And being feeling disoriented. And some people, like I was saying before, they would close their garage door and they would like drive away and then they would have to turn around because they didn't even know if they closed it. And just like feeling, I guess, yeah, disoriented and just kind of like can't even remember anything, but yet still being able to function, but it's something that progresses that you almost don't notice is there sometimes. But other people often can notice it a lot more. But some people just think like, oh, you're just forgetful, right? And yeah, I would always do it as a joke and I always felt tired as well. And I just thought it was normal, everyone felt tired, right? But when I got tested, uh, I forget what they all tested in Germany, but they tested one thing and they were able to see my energy level somehow. And they were able to see that I had a lot of fatigue and very little energy and I didn't even realize that that wasn't normal. And it was just crazy to be able to have someone to validate how I was feeling. Because often people who struggle with Lyme disease, they have such a long um, time they're trying to get diagnosed and they're told that it's all in their head and they're crazy and they're making it up. And some people don't believe Lyme disease exists. So it's really difficult when you're struggling with it and hard when um, people don't, they don't understand your pain and what you're going through. But to have someone do that is very nice and yeah. There are a lot of other symptoms. It's kind of like weird symptoms. So like hormone imbalances is a big thing. Um, Lyme disease just messes with the body overall. So hormone, hormone imbalances is very, very common. I feel like there was a study that was done that a lot of people who have cancer are have like... Um, are very likely to have Lyme disease as well. I believe there was a lot of research on that and you can totally Google it. But um, there's one thing like Lyme arthritis. So it often occurs in like bigger joints like knees, but for me it actually started in my foot joint which is really weird. They thought it was really weird. They couldn't really figure it out and a lot of doctors thought it was gout but it wasn't. And so then they found out it was arthritis and they're like, well, that's weird. Like you're really young to have arthritis. 
but whatever, and they didn't really want to do much, and then I was diagnosed with, what was I diagnosed with? It's a really big word, but it's kind of like you have pain and inflammation, and we don't know why. That's pretty much the diagnosis, and it was just kind of a little bit odd. So, yeah, that was that, and I kind of was doing this research to figure out what was wrong with me, and I kind of thought, like, at one point I'd come across Lyme disease with all my symptoms because I would search them all because my, um, my doctor wasn't able to help me. And I came across Lyme disease and I wrote out down all the information I found and to just figure out like, hey, does do my symptoms fall into this? And yeah, so my joint pain was actually in my big toe joint. And it was really weird. I would get random flares. It started with a really big flare. Like, that's actually how the pain started. My foot was totally fine. And then one day it got really swollen and I could barely walk. And I didn't even notice until I took my shoe off and my sock and looked at it. It was all bruised. And I just couldn't walk. And I ended up getting arthritis. And that was like, is it two, almost two and a half years? until I actually got a diagnosis. And some people it takes a lot longer, but I, it ended up going to my knee um, the year after, uh, or is it even two years? I'm not sure. A year or two later, um, I got knee pain and I just started getting more joint pain and I wasn't even able to like walk and I was sitting a lot and it was really frustrating because I liked to be physically active. So people who um, have a lot of joint swelling and kind of intermittent, intermittent, <laughs> um, in like one or a few joints, often have it with like for years. Um, so I think that's kind of like something that's common for Lyme disease. Um, it can mainly affect skin and like the nervous system or the heart or joints. So when I had knee pain, I think that's when I was doing a lot of this research. So I was trying to figure out um, about the knee pain and the knee, the joint. So for Lyme disease, often it can be really swollen, um, not always painful, but I would have to disagree because for me it was very painful. I couldn't bend my foot, my knee. Stairs were the worst. It made it hurt a lot more. And sometimes people can get like a cyst in there, so like um, like a fluid filled thing and like any bending will hurt. So for me if I would like bend down like um, almost like squat, that was the worst for me. That caused a lot of pain. I couldn't even bike and for me that was a low impact exercise that I could actually do with my foot but then I started to not be able to bike. So. So yeah, like swelling or, um, and sometimes it can like rupture the cyst that gets created. That's very common. And like I went to a chiropractor a lot and they were able to help, but it was only temporarily and it would come back. And like, I believe Lyme disease affects the body like 
causing deficiencies and like you could get temporarily temporary temporary help for it and but it won't be like permanent i believe that um yeah like it can help like massages were so helpful for me like for draining toxins um like that's real massages are really good for that and when you have Lyme disease your body really holds on to toxins which can cause even more symptoms so if your body's holding on to a lot of toxins or other things like that you'd want to look into Lyme disease or other co-infections as well because yeah it's horrible for that oh and allergies Lyme disease can cause allergies so if you have a lot of allergies, it's very likely that you could have Lyme disease or another co-infection. It messes with the whole entire body. It messes with the gut, causes a gut dysbiosis or like a, a bacterial dysbiosis and just really messes with the body and causes a lot of inflammation in the body. Even like rheumatoid arthritis, that one um, apparently can actually, like Lyme can mimic that. And like other types of arthritis as well. So apparently those ones are often triggered by like a spirochete um, infection. So it's like Lyme can have like different forms. Um, it can do like that spiral type of Lyme. Um, or it can, it can create like a, a biofilm which can protect itself. So often people believe that antibiotics isn't always effective because it can't penetrate, like it can't break that biofilm and, and then um, it'll kind of create a resistance to the antibiotic. There are some people who have some books that talk about certain types of antibiotics to take to like back to back to like um, kill the Lyme and I'm sure that is very effective. Those are like specialists. I will have to write down their books in the description, the ones that I've read. They're very like, some of them are very technical and they have a lot of stuff, but I believe they're really helpful. So I'll have those in the description so you guys can look at them if you're looking for um, just some other alternative and some ideas and stuff. And me and my husband went to Lime Stop. And that was very helpful for us. And me and my husband will do an episode specifically talking about our story. But I wanted to be able to share a little bit already. So some other joints that are affected are like ankles, shoulders, elbows, or wrists. So some people can get like, uh, what's it called? It's like carpal tunnel. That can be a symptom. So like really anything that's affecting nerves, muscles, joints could be Lyme. Um, anything that's happening for no known reason could look into that. Um, so for me, my ankle was like really inflamed after my foot. I forgot to mention that. And it was really cool. I went to uh, a reflexologist and they actually could tell me there was an infection in there before I knew I had an infection and they were trying to help me get it out um, but it didn't work because of like they didn't know what it was right and so then I 
after finding out I had Lyme disease in there, in my body, it was really cool to be able to look back at the massage I went to and the massagist and how she was able to actually see that was an infection that was causing that. And that was really, really cool. So for me, often when my foot has been bothering me, I was always supposed to stretch it and that would help. That's what my chiropractor told me. And it actually didn't work when I, before I was treated. But after I was treated for my Lyme disease, now whenever my foot just acts up a little bit, I stretch it and it's good. And like I only need to stretch it once and it's good for a long, long time. And that was not normal for me. So often they say that people who have um, Lyme arthritis, it can cause like joint damage and can be seen with like longer arthritis times and I didn't actually have arthritis very long and I had damage actually already on the joint. And every time I would walk or like move my joint, I would get more pain. So what a specialist told me was that as I was walking, my immune system, um, it's hard to explain so uh, if I have it a little bit wrong, I hope the idea at least comes across, but it was like as I was walking the blood or whatever my immune system was getting into the joint to where my, the infection was, it was kind of attacking it, therefore I would get like a flare up a bit and would get some pain and discomfort. So he was saying often a lot of people who have Lyme in the joints, when they use the joints, they'll get more pain because of that, because of the blood flow. Yeah, um, one thing I found was, I'm not sure if it's both Canada and the U.S., but Canada seems, at least, and seems to do less testing than a lot of other places. Um, testing roughly 3 out of 50 strains of Lyme disease. So if the immune system is compromised, it won't show up on antibody blood tests. And often the immune system is compromised with Lyme disease and co-infections. Especially if you have it more than like a few weeks or months, your body is like really compromised. It is quite hard to diagnose and a lot of people go undiagnosed. There's a video by LimeStop that they talk about how um, Lyme disease can pass on from spouse to spouse and from um, from like the parents to the children. I don't know the percentages, but I believe it was maybe around 70% for one of them and a little bit less for the other one. But of course those are just guessing percentages. It's kind of all you can almost do with that because Lyme disease is so weird and um, it's really hard to understand fully all of that stuff. But yeah, from me and my husband, we it took many years to be able to figure it out and we were given a lot, I was given a lot of different diagnoses and I wasn't really able to walk, I could barely go into stores, um, I actually wouldn't do shopping because I couldn't walk that long, I could barely get up to make food and I would often just sit and do nothing all day.
So if you feel like you have Lyme disease, I would recommend looking into a lot of different areas, do your research, and if you got a negative, you could still have it um, because of what the guy who created the test says, right? So, so yeah, that's what happened with us, and that is kind of what I had looked into. And there's a lot of other symptoms that you can get with Lyme disease. I just did a few. <laughs> you can get a ginormous list. Um, yeah, it can affect the body as a whole. I believe that like if you have excess estrogen and your body's not able to get rid of it, it is possible you have Lyme disease. And I have done a few episodes on um, different deficiencies and how Lyme affects that and how Lyme actually will affect your, your ability to... Um, receive vitamin D, how it affects the receptors, and how it will take away magnesium, and how it affects your gut. So yeah, I believe that it can kind of lead to estrogen dominance in the body, or just in general hormone imbalances that can alone mess with the body, and it just really um, causes chaos in the body. And it is not fun, and I believe that um, that there is a solution, um, and I would look into, like, just keep looking for answers. I wouldn't give up. Some people believe that stevia is an effective solution, and some people believe that just boosting the immune system is helpful. I haven't fully looked into natural ways. I have heard of one type of essential oil that can possibly treat Lyme disease. I'm not sure because I have not tried it personally, so I don't know. But yeah, I. that is a bit of our story and that's a bit of what Lyme disease is. So that's all I have for this episode. And if anything stood out to you, and if you'd like to know more, um, or if you'd like to know about something else, send me a message. I'll have the link in the description. See you next time. Bye.